what a story we have to tell of a Savior who died and uh, was uh, buried and rose again. The old, old story of His crucifixion and Him sitting at the right hand of the Father even now, making intercession on your behalf and my behalf and and what a what a great thing a thought to have knowing that when this life is over even a greater story uh, to tell being able to worship Christ for all eternity uh, looking forward to uh, that day if you have your Bibles You'll find your way to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter number 3, Revelation chapter number 3. I want to look at one of the messages to uh, the church at Laodicea, and uh, I believe that this is a message that would be even for us today as Christians. Uh, the beautiful thing about the book of Revelation, really all of God's Word, but in particular the book of Revelation, is if you study the letters to the seven churches, we all fit in there somewhere, uh, every one of us, and so it's uh, very relevant for today. The passage that we're going to look at, we're going to focus on verse number 20, but I do want to read uh, the entire message to the church when it starts in verse 14. Uh, but this is a very familiar uh, text. It's been taught in uh, Sunday schools. It's uh, familiar in its language in that um, it gives the, um, the idea of someone knocking at a door. Well, everyone here this morning uh, at some point in life has knocked on a door, I would presume. And so just to kind of give you the scene here, we know John was writing, John the Revelator here, he wrote this on the Isle of Patmos, and uh, this was one of Jesus' messages uh, to the seven churches, and and uh, we need to understand, we, like I said, we're going to focus on verse 20, and how it starts out with a very bold uh, acclamation here when it says, Behold. Uh, then we need to take notice of what it is saying here. And, and then Christ turns to not only the church as a whole in this entire message, but he turns to the individual uh, person. And that's what I want us to think about uh, this morning. So let's look at uh, this passage, uh, Revelation chapter 3. We'll begin reading in verse number 14. The Bible says, and unto the angel of the church at the Laodiceans, right? These things saith uh, the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched, and miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked, and I counsel thee 
to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that thy shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. Let's pray. Lord, how thankful we are for that wonderful old story of your great love, your great mercy that you show each and every soul that calls out to you. And Lord, I pray that as we look at your word this morning, God, that you would hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Lord, if these folks here not see me, God, but that they would see you. Lord, convict our hearts, Lord, to be a more fervent witness for you in such a lost and dying world. Lord, if there is one here under the sound of my voice this morning that is lost, we pray that you would uh, convict their heart, God, that they would repent and return to you, and God, that you would save them by your marvelous grace. Likewise, that one that maybe is backslidden this morning, God, that you would also convict their heart, that they repent and return to you. And God, may you help us to walk a line, Lord, that is worthy of you. And Lord, help us to walk in your word and in your light. Again, we pray that you would help us to look at this word. God, that you would speak to our hearts and that we'd be careful to give you all the praise and the honor and the glory. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Again, verse 20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man will listen, if any man will hear my voice and open the door, then I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. And I like how, if you study these seven churches and these seven letters to these seven churches, and Lord willing, we may do that at some point, but... um, Every one of them closes out with the same phrase. It says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. I think that would be important for us uh, this morning to listen to what God has to say. And it's interesting also, before we get into verse 20 here, how that it says that that, uh, verse 17, uh, well, in the preceding verses, we see where Christ is um, somewhat against the church. There's some, that's a phrase in a lot of the other letters. However, I have somewhat against the, uh, as, as, uh, the writings to some churches. But uh, notice here that, that Christ is calling this church out because they're not on fire for him. They're not cold. They're kind of somewhere in the middle. And it says in verse 17, You say that you're rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. But then look at the very next sentence. Um, how he calls them out and he says, you know, you don't realize that you are wretched. (laughs) 
you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind, you're, you're, you're naked. He says, you see all of this other stuff, and yet I see you for exactly what you are. And it's interesting how oftentimes we don't see how we truly are. I think a lot of folks in society today does not see how they truly are. They don't see themselves as this wretched individual, this miserable individual, this sinful individual, this poor, blind, and spiritually naked person. But I like how he gives a moment of encouragement here. Notice in verse 20, Behold, I stand at the door. In your miserable state, your wretched state, your poor state, your blindness that you have, your nakedness that you have, there is still hope. I'm standing at the door and I'm, I'm knocking and he says, if you will listen, if any man hear my voice and open the door. Then I thought about that. So have you ever noticed, maybe you haven't, and, and I'm sure you will now since I'll mention it. Uh, but, you know, it's a very famous painting and I'm not even, I should have done some research and maybe found out who painted this painting. But a lot of people have them. You may have one in your home. Uh, a lot of older churches have this painting in Sunday school rooms, but it is a picture of Jesus standing at the door knocking. Have y'all ever seen that painting? You know what I'm talking about? Have you ever noticed something about that painting, though? There's no doorknob on the outside. You ever notice that? There is absolutely no doorknob on the outside. And according to uh, tradition and custom in those days, you didn't have a doorknob on the outside because whoever was the owner of the house had to let you in. And so Jesus is saying, hey, you know, I'm standing at your door. Maybe we can spiritualize and say I'm standing at your heart's door and I'm knocking. But then I thought also... Why is this door closed? Why is this door closed? And then I thought about a few things as to why the door is closed. And then I want to get into, um, and I'm going to briefly go through these few things. And they're all found in scripture. So if you get mad at anybody, predominantly get mad at Paul. All right, because he's the one that called you out on this and, and myself. Okay, why is the door closed? Well, you find in Romans chapter number 10, that uh, verses, 11 through, uh, verses 1 through 3, that this door is closed because of ignorance. Ignorance, not ignorance in the sense of lack of intelligence, but ignorance in the sense of ignorant to the ways of God, to his callings in life, because ignorant of our state that we are in as sinfulness. But it's also because sin rules our life. Paul also said in Romans chapter 6, verses 11 through 18, how we have this problem with sin being predominant in our life. James says, James chapter 4, that because we love the world, we have a, a love for the things of this world. The writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3 that we have 
an indifference to the things of God. That we maybe neglect the things of God. Book of Revelation right here, uh, verse three, uh, 17, where we just looked at, uh, talks about satisfaction with self. We're happy where we are in life, right? Uh, it says there that I'm rich and increased with goods. I have need of nothing. How many times have we said that? Just this past week, I was talking with my mom and dad, and we were discussing plans for uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas because uh, everybody's life is so hectic uh, these days. And we have to, I mean, I know we haven't even got into well, we're almost in October already, but we're already having to make these plans to make sure everybody can be uh, together. Uh, and the question was asked, you know, about Christmas. And, I, I, and, and my response was, I have need of absolutely nothing. Uh, I don't, because usually, uh, I, you know, being a single guy, if I need something, I just go get it, right? And I'm sure many of you are the same way. And by the time the holidays roll around, you really don't need anything, right? Of course, this is a different scenario here in this scripture. But nonetheless, I think the door is closed oftentimes because we have this satisfaction with self. I'm rich. I'm increased with goods. I have need of nothing and I'll maybe even add a phrase and say, or no one. Because oftentimes when you talk, especially with young people, about Christ, about God, a salvation, about church, the number one response, I don't need that. I don't need that. We also, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, he encourages, his, he encourages us to take a good look at ourselves. To take a good look. And I, I think that Christ did that here in verse 17 as well. Where we have this satisfaction with everything. We're, we're rich. We're increased with goods. We have need of nothing. And then Christ says, well, maybe you need to find yourself a different mirror. Right? Maybe you need to look at yourself differently because you don't know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. And you do have needs. And you need me. So then we come to this door that is closed where Jesus stands uh, this morning is at the heart's door. A very humble place. It was difficult to find people to knock on doors is it not uh we may be shy and timid we don't want to you know we don't want to go do that uh, i could never be a salesman um i i see old tv shows i watch when I, I i don't have a tv now but back in the day when i did watch tv um you know uh you would see those old shows of vacuum cleaners uh the salesmen going and selling vacuum cleaners and books and magazines or whatever the case may be it's difficult to find people to go and knock on doors and um, visitation programs and churches continue to be a, a struggle even in today's society perhaps even more so in today's society this can be a frightening uh, experience and it's very much in jesus character to take the humble place is it not he was born in a stable. He lived among men that were not necessarily the 
uppity-ups in society. He was the one that was with the one that was the outcast. He was with the ones who were poor, those who were sick, those who, who maybe society has just counted as lost. He was crucified. I think if anybody knew the needs of anyone, I think it would be Jesus. And the gospel is that Jesus died for your sins. He was buried. He rose again. How strange that God should knock on the heart's door seeking to gain entry into your life. Do we recognize this morning that even now he is there and he is still knocking where Jesus stands secondly this morning how Jesus knocks I saw a meme some years ago and uh, being former uh, investigator and and all I found it kind of funny uh, but you know it, it was a meme basically of someone knocking at the door and, and they was asking why it took them so long to to get to the door and they said well you were knocking like the police knock you know it's, it's, and we have different stages of knocks. You know, is it a knock like a knock knock, or is it a knock like the police knock? You know, it's different different categories there. So, how does Jesus knock at our heart's door? He knocks with his hand. Hand of God moves these circumstances. We we sing the song as children. He's got the whole world in his hands. The hand of God is setting the stage for prophetic fulfillment we talked some of that uh, this morning you see it on the news you see all these things uh, that are happening nations and nature are moving according to his plan but it's interesting that this is not just a not not knock and just stand and then not not knock again but as he is knocking he is also calling he calls out as he knocks. Notice what it says in verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man hear my voice, he speaks through his word, the Bible. You know, it's interesting to me, and I'm sure many of you, if not all of you, have experienced this. I can read a passage today. And that passage will say something to my heart today. And I can go and read that same passage maybe a week later and it have a whole different meaning. Does that happen to you guys? The Bible is very much alive. It's very much uh, uh, relevant even in our circumstances. And so he speaks to us through his word. And, and some people have asked the question, why do you read that Bible every day, you know, every year you go through the Bible, you know, we all have our reading plans and, and you read the same thing over and over and over again. And I'm like, yes, and there's a new message over and over and over again. He speaks through his servants, the ministers of the gospel, the Sunday school teachers, our music people. He speaks through them and he calls us out in love. But he also calls us out with urgency. We live in such dismal times. I, I, um, I've heard of some misfortunate events that happened uh, this week, and uh, you know, and it it brought a another dark sting to my 
uh, profession that I do outside of church, and, and, and I thought, my Lord, how depraved we are as humans to do things that we do. You know, and in our mindset, and I say our, in some mindsets, it's okay to do this. It's okay to sin like this. It's okay to act like this. It's okay to dress like this or to talk like this or to go to those kinds of places because that's our depraved heart. We are so depraved. And so as he is knocking, he is calling out. And it's not just a simple, hey, are you home? But it's more with urgency. And he's saying, if you hear my voice. But notice what else it says in verse 20. If you hear my voice and open the door. Jesus is standing where there is no doorknob. And so we have to be the ones willing to open the door. And notice what it says also. What Jesus will do if this door is open. He says, I will come in. I will come in. That is a sure promise, is it not? I don't know about you, but I like promises. I like promises even more so when they're kept, right? And I'm thankful that the Lord keeps every promise that he has ever made. Uh, there is nothing in Scripture that he has said he would do that he didn't do. Uh, there is nothing in Scripture that I know that he has said that he hasn't done yet that I know he won't do because he keeps his word. And he's saying, if I'm standing at your door and I'm knocking and you hear me, and if you will open the door, I will come in. What a blessed promise. We all have probably experienced that coming in. But I wonder this morning how many times some people would say, before you come, I need to clean up some things. Before you come, I need to make sure the house is in order. I need to put away some things that maybe are not put away. I need to maybe conceal, maybe hide some things that, that I don't want you to see. Or maybe I need to tell some people they need to leave for a little while. I'm thankful that the Lord also is a real good cleaner-upper, right? He can take an old beat up, contrite, sinful heart and make it all new. And I'm thankful for that. The Lord said, I will come in. He will come in by His Spirit. Second Peter says that we become partakers of the very nature of God. Paul says that, that your body in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, that our body becomes His temple. How that He dwells within us Jesus stands and waits and he's patient is he not uh, he is so patient you know I, that's one thing that I got from my father is the lack of patience uh, my father can go and he may be he may listen to this uh, message online later or what have you but 
Uh, my father can go to a doctor's office and I'm just as bad and many of you may be the same way. And I'm under the same impression that if that doctor tells me to be there at 10, I get there at 9.30, by 10, I'm expected to be seen, right? That We know that don't, it doesn't work that way, does it? It's usually like 12 or 1 before you're seen. And my dad is like, well, if they made me set that appointment, then they need to keep their appointments as well. And they expect you to have uh, cancellation policies and all this other stuff. No patience. Five minutes later, my dad's walking out of that place, right? And I'm like, now you got to give him a little more time than that. Uh, but nonetheless, Jesus is so patient with us. As sinful as we are, the Bible says as miserable, as poor, as blind. I like the word wretched. As wretched as we are, he patiently stands and continues to knock. And I often wonder, how patient will he be? You know, we sang the song last uh, Sunday, Plenty of Time, based on a true story. Young man grew up in church his whole life. Kept telling the preacher, I've got plenty of time. I'm a young man, not yet in my prime. I've got time to decide on all that religion stuff. And as events would have it, that young man, the song is about, died in an automobile accident. And the song talks about now in hell, I have plenty of time to think about what life would have been like. Had Christ been mine. He's standing at the door. Maybe we're saved this morning. And he's still standing at the door. And he still knocks. Maybe we're not where we need to be. In our spiritual walk with him. He waits patiently. Uh, for us. He waits uh, diligently for us. He, he is so uh, faithful to us. Are we willing. To open that door. Maybe there's some things that we need to change in our life. Are we willing to open that door? Are we willing to allow him to come in and stay uh, with us? Or are we going to be like the hospitals when visiting hour is over, it's time to go? Where do we stand with God? Where do we stand with our Lord? Where do we stand in our spiritual walk with Him? Is He still knocking at your heart's door? And if so, would you listen to His voice as He's calling out to you? And would you open the door? As we'll extend a, a moment of invitation, perhaps you need to reach out to the Lord. Maybe you need to do business with God this morning. Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe it's for someone else. Whatever it is, would you do that today? Don't leave this place without knowing that you're saved. Without knowing that all is well between you and God. I did a funeral this week of a young man. Um, he was actually younger than me. And as I talked with the family, one of the things that they assured me of was 
he was saved. And I said, you know, that makes my job a whole lot easier knowing that he's in the arms of God. We don't know why, we don't understand why, but God does. And it's all in his plan, and we just need to trust him. Trust and obey, for there's no other way as we pray together. Thank <clears throat> you.